In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In this morning's gospel lesson, as Jesus begins his earthly ministry, he calls his disciples to be fishers of men. But first, I want to I take a quick look at our Old Testament lesson from Jonah. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous, most well-known and beloved stories of the Old Testament because of the obvious miracle of Jonah being swallowed by the big fish and surviving. But I would argue there's even a greater miracle in that reading that I could go over here. As we look at this reading, reflect upon what's going on with Jonah, we can recall that he was sent to preach the Lord's word to Nineveh, which is a capital of, of Assyria, perhaps the most evil and most terrible places on earth at the time. So why Jonah didn't want to go, we don't necessarily know. At the least, we, maybe he was afraid of what they might do to him if he went there. Maybe he just didn't want them to repent and believe. So when God sent Jonah to Nineveh, he ran away. And God sends a storm. Jonah's thrown out of a boat and swallowed by a big fish. And then he's vomited up on the shore of Nineveh. So then like slimy with fish guts and stinking like fish, he reluctantly starts walking across Nineveh preaching repentance. But his heart isn't in it. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want, he doesn't want Nineveh, Nineveh to actually repent. And yet, and here's the miracle, the entire nation repents and, and believes. So we're given to be reminded maybe of two, two things most especially in Jonah, and the theme carries through also to the gospel lesson. First, that it wasn't about Jonah anyway. It's made clear that he didn't want to be there, his heart wasn't in it, and yet the Lord worked through Jonah to bring about repentance for an entire nation. It's about the Lord's word. It's about the Lord's working, yes, through Jonah, but it was ultimately about the Lord. So first, it's about the Lord and his word, and not the man. And then second, God puts us where he wants us. He takes Jonah and he put him in Nineveh. He puts us where he wants us to be so he can serve through us there. And so we have those same themes carrying through the gospel lesson from today in Mark 1 as Jesus calls disciples to be fishers of men. As he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. In other words, it's time. Let's go. Turn from sin and rejoice in the forgiveness of God. Because that's ultimately all repentance is. It's saying yes to what God has said about us. He calls us sinful, and we say, yes, I'm sinful and need a savior. And he says, I've died for you, I've saved you. And we say, amen, thank you, yes. So repentance is acknowledging our sin, acknowledging our brokenness, and being turned back to the Lord for forgiveness. And even that, even that turning in repentance is itself a gift from the Lord. As he sends his word through the prophets, through the apostles, he has his word spoken to us, and that gives us the gift of turning from our sin, acknowledging our sin and being forgiven by our Lord. So it was these fishermen in today's gospel that he, that he sends out, he calls, to be preachers of repentance. Follow me and I will make you to be fishers of men. So they drop their nets, because now they're going to be fishing with God's word. But just like with Jonah, God will be the one doing the work. He'll be the one bringing repentance and faith. And yet he's, he's going to work through these lowly fishermen to do it. It's important 
for us to see that the, these fishermen weren't like famous guys. They weren't well known in their religious community. They weren't famous for their public speaking skills or their, they weren't marketing majors, right? They weren't car salesmen able to like deceive people into buying what they were selling or something. They were just fishermen. That emphasizes that it is all about God's word. And it wasn't just that they were fishermen, but we should recall the kind of fishermen that they were. Because when I think about fishermen, you might be, when I think about fishing, you might do the same. It's like a pole, a line, a hook, and some bait. And the whole idea of fishing is to, believe it or not, the fish don't want to just bite a hook or jump into your boat and be eaten, right? So you have to deceive them. You cover up the hook, you literally bait and switch. So fishing and our like fishing pole experience of it is about maybe deception and, and luring the fish in, but that is not the case with these fishermen that Jesus has called. They simply throw a net in the water, which makes a lot of commotion in the water. As we all know, that scares the fish away, but they don't care. They just throw the net in the water. And God is ultimately the one who puts the fish in the net or not. And that's clear in both Matthew and Luke's account of the same text, where Peter throws the, throws the net in the water and, and God fills it up with fish. God is ultimately the one who gives us the actual fish, and so it is in the church. He sends these fishermen out to, to cast their net. And it's the Lord who puts the, puts the fish in the net in his time. That's very instructive for the Lord's church, that we, that we don't fall into the, the, the trap of thinking we need to like deceive people or bait and switch. That's not the idea of the church. We're simply called to be faithful in proclaiming the Lord's word. And he's the one who, who sometimes fills the net with fish. Sometimes you only get like seaweed and old tires or something. But it's the Lord, it's his church, and we're given to be faithful in that simple proclamation of, of casting the net. It is ultimately our Lord who is the fisherman. It's all by his work. He provides the net of the gospel, and through his means, he catches fish. That is, sinners like us for salvation. So blessed are the fish like us who have been caught in our Lord's net. He has called us by the gospel. He has given us the gift of repentance and faith. He has put his name upon us in a holy baptism and has made us holy. So we rejoice to be his fish. And we pray for those who are not yet in the Lord's net of faith. And we continue to have his net cast to all that he places before us in this world. I'd like to draw our attention back to uh, one of the characters whom we might have overlooked in this text. It was Zebedee. You might, you might not have even noticed him there. As Jesus comes and he calls his disciples, he calls Peter, he calls James and John and Andrew, and yet Zebedee is left behind. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat, and they left Zebedee, and they followed Jesus. So Zebedee is left behind in the boat. Why? What was wrong with Zebedee? What did he do wrong? Was he somehow less holy than Peter, Andrew, James, and John? Were Peter, Andrew, James, and John called to some super-duper holy calling that's most important in God's eyes? 
But Zebedee is left behind to do the common, ordinary, mundane, daily routine stuff, knowing that his boys are out doing the really important, holy church stuff? Of course not. The Lord calls some to be his apostles, and he calls others to be fishermen. And it's very good. He left Zebedee in the boat on purpose. Even better, we could, we could note that he intentionally put Zebedee in the boat to begin with. Remember, like with Jonah, God puts us where he wants us. He put Zebedee in the life that he was in. Maybe as he was growing up on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, he was always watching the men coming back from fishing, and he thought that might have been something pretty cool to do. Or maybe his dad had been a fisherman. That's likely the dad. So he associated the smell of like dead fish with dad. It was nostalgic for him. And he wanted to be a fisherman like dad. Or maybe God had given Jonah this, this amazing way of, of kind of knowing the water and knowing where the fish would be based on the seasons and where to cast the net. Whatever it was, God is the one who made, who made Zebedee to be a fisherman. And after all, isn't that how we often end up in our vocations as well? Some kind of life experience, maybe some unique gift or talent that we have, or it's an interest that we have, some opportunity that the Lord has given us that has ultimately put us where we are today. Remember, God put Jonah where he wanted him. He put James and John where he wanted them, he put Zebedee where he wanted him, and he has put you right where he wants you to be. The Lord made Zebedee a fisherman with all the gifts and the interests and abilities he had. He wasn't left behind for some kind of ordinary, less holy, mundane life. But Jesus specifically wanted Zebedee to be a fisherman and not a fisher of men. But he is no less important to God and certainly no less holy than his sons because the Lord needs fishermen. After all, when he feeds the 5,000, remember he calls the little boy who's got five loaves of bread and two fish. Somebody had to catch those fish that God could use to feed the 5,000. He needed fishermen that he could work through to actually feed people fish to eat. If everybody's a fisherman, then there's no gospel to hear. If all are apostles, there's no fish to eat. That's the way it is with our Lord. He puts each of us in our vocations in this life to serve others. And he's made us all unique and different to serve our place and this body in unique and different ways. The Lord has placed you in this world in a particular vocation, a calling, you could say, Maybe you're not a fisher of men. Great. That's not the Lord's calling for you. That's fine. Zebedee was no less holy or less helpful or less God-pleasing than his sons for not being a fisher of men. Like Zebedee, our Lord has placed each of us in a vocation. He calls us to different ones. And like James and John, our vocations might change from time to time during this life from child to parent, from student to worker, and so on. Some he appoints to be preachers of the word. Some he appoints to catch fish, to feed people. 
Some he makes to fish men out of dirty lives of sin. Some he appoints to clean dirty cars or maybe redesign buildings. Some to plant corn so families can eat. Some to be lawyers or policemen or soldiers or investors or laborers. Some to be teachers, some to sell houses, some to be parents raising and providing for their children, others to be children respecting their parents. Whatever the Lord has given you to do, you are set free to do it with great joy, the joy of knowing that God himself is pleased with you, that you belong to him and he delights to work through you. He has given you unique gifts and has placed you right where he wants you to be. He has forgiven you by the blood of Jesus and has promised to walk with you each day. So we rejoice that he has grabbed us in his net and we are his now and eternally. And today, all that he gives us to do in this life is holy. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. We stand for prayer.